Would you please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. Amen. So my, my childhood best friend works in tech for a fitness company. And in the last year and a half, they've seen enormous growth. And they've seen some immense controversy, and they've seen the development of an international following. She and I chat weekly to touch base in some beautiful result of the fates. She has a little baby who's a month and a day younger than my Eliza. And we check in on what's going on in our lives. And recently she shared with me that her company is seeing a drastic decrease in their user engagement this summer. She said folks are traveling, they're seeing family, they're eating out with their friends, becoming more confident and comfortable engaging with the world again. Folks are taking a break. I've seen pictures and posts, maybe from some of you, of kids hugging grandparents for the first time in years, of lake house trips, of nights out with friends, smiles on your faces, joy apparent in your eyes. Maybe some of you are even worshiping with us from that away place. Maybe your away place has become routines and rituals that you've developed grounding you here and now. Coffee on the porch, listening to the birds in the morning, the smell of the lilac bush and the hostas out your open window, taking a moment to appreciate the goldfinches as they bob on the coneflowers. We are taking breaks, being present, leaving to-dos of work and life and home to celebrate this life. And it's not just the summer routine, though it is also that. It is Sabbath, and it is holy. The Gospel of Mark is one of paradox. Within this Gospel, we see, folk, we see Jesus wanting to keep who he is a secret. While he's going about the work of healing and preaching and teaching, he continually tells people, do not share with others what you've seen here. And yet, time and again, we see crowds assemble. So despite this desire that Jesus has for secrecy, word is getting out about this Galilean man who speaks of expansive love, breaking social and religious norms to make that love manifest in the physical, tangible realities of those around him. Mud is rubbed on eyes and a blind man can see. Bread is broken and all are fed. In the midst of these two realities of secrecy and notoriety, there's another one. The urgency and immediacy of Jesus' ministry in Mark, and also Jesus' affirmation again and again about solitude and silence and Sabbath. Jesus is constantly going to the lake or to the mountains, withdrawing to solitary places where he prays. I went through Mark last week, it's a short gospel, 
And I, I found about 14 examples of Jesus needing to get away. In a short life and even shorter ministry, Jesus is not owned by the anxiety of how much he has to do and how little time he has to do it. Jesus' ministry was estimated to be a three-year period. The time from his baptism by John in that Jordan River to his death, his execution and crucifixion at the hands of the Roman Empire, three years later. Three years to bring the love and grace of God to all of God's people in this Middle East, Eastern backwater village. It makes sense there, there was urgency in Mark. Thinking about my own life, maybe for each of you thinking about your own lives, how often does a three-year period seem to slip by without notice or recognition? Three years feels like no time. For Jesus, there was so much to do in these three years. And the crowds never let Jesus forget it. They're constantly following and finding Jesus. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, there's almost this claustrophobic feeling as the needs of the people swarm and swim around Jesus. In the passage today, we see Jesus taking the disciples explicitly away from all the work they've done, And the people, the crowd, are following them along the shore, calling out to them, reminding them of their need. In my mind, I can't help wonder if Jesus thought, can a man get a break? I bet Jesus was probably a lot more gracious than that, though. But while the world seems chaotic, Christ reminds us again and again of God's power. God right-sizes us, away from a world in which we are commodified again and again. We are valued for what we can do or achieve, whether there is, where there is always more to do, where more can always be asked of us. Sabbath settles us into God's promise, given to each of us, that we are beloved, that we are enough, not because of what we do, but because of who we are. We, like Jesus, need to get away sometimes. We need to take a break and right-size who we are, relinquishing control back to God. I have a snarky preacher friend, which those are the best kind of friends, but I have a snarky preacher friend who says, if God incarnate can take a break and go to the beach with his friends, who are you to think that you are so important you cannot follow his example? What a right-sizing of ourself. It's funny, every now and then in the Joyner Miller home, my husband Dan, who is also a preacher, and I end up preaching on the same text. This Sunday is such a Sunday, and while I was really tempted just to take his sermon here and use it for, <laughs> to take a Sabbath for myself, I did not do that. But one point that my husband made I thought was a really good one that I wanted to share with you. Honoring the Sabbath is listed as one of the ten great commandments. One of the ten great ones. 
And we know that coveting is wrong. If you find yourself coveting something that someone else has, you recognize it and you kind of, I'm sometimes startled by it. I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Let's right frame my mind, Kendra. We know that killing people, another one of the 10 greats, is wrong and something that we don't want to do. We know that we should honor folks, maybe even our parents, dare I say that for our young adults, or myself, <laughs> we should honor our parents. These are all 10 one, commandments within the 10 that we know we should abide by. And yet it is so hard for us to honor the Sabbath. Our world practically feels like it is asking and demanding of us to let that commandment go. Or even if we dare enough to say, I want to honor the Sabbath, how many of you, like me, want to do it on your own timeline? Yes, thank you. There's actually a hand out there. I appreciate that. We want to do it on our own timeline. We want to do it on our schedule. We think, I will rest when. I will rest when I've completed X or finished Y. And like the disciples, we become so busy that maybe we too forget to eat or drink or sleep. Author, speaker, spiritual director Wayne Muller wrote this. He said, Sabbath is not dependent on our readiness to stop. We do not stop when we are finished. We do not stop when we've completed our phone calls, finished our project, gotten through this stack of messages, or get the report out that's due tomorrow. Sabbath calls us to stop when it is time to stop. And for me at least, and maybe for you, that feels so impossibly hard sometimes. And yet it is also so seemingly simple. While this summer is one that is filled with beautiful invitations to break, we can also feel it. The pull of what was as offices open, as the great comeback begins, or maybe it's already begun. The great monster of more is reemerging. I find myself getting into the car singing this song that comes into my head often to our little daughter Eliza as we drive to daycare. It's almost reflective as we race from the time she wakes us up in the morning to changing and breakfasting and getting out the door. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and don't know why. How many of us have felt that? <laughs> also, secretly, I wonder what messages I'm like subliminally implanting into, the, <laughs> into my daughter's mind. And it's a catchy tune, so I try to give myself some grace that maybe it's just stuck in my head. But I wonder if I'm making space for my need to let go, to let go of control and to trust God, letting Sabbath break in. Letting Sabbath break the chains of a world and crowds that will always want more. The need for a break, a Sabbath, is not a thing of the past either. It's not just cute and quaint. It should not just be a marker of priv the privileged elite. It's a revolutionary reordering and right ordering of our world. I have a friend from Divinity School who recently connected me 
to the movement of black leisure when I saw a post of him and his wife on a quintessential New England beach with the tag black leisure below. I asked him, and he shared that as black folks' bodies were literally commodified, their worth equated to a dollar amount, and as history continued to commodify black folks seen as valuable for what they did or achieved or the service that they provided white people in the Jim Crow South and the redlined North. He shared that the black leisure movement is one in direct opposition to that, to this commodification. That black folks can rest, they can take a break in a world that has explicitly told them different. And maybe it is also true for us. When I'm not singing to Eliza in the car, I listen to the news. Maybe the frenzy I feel is tied to my listening choices. We can talk about that in coffee hour later. But recently, as I was listening to the news, they were saying that so many folks are stepping away from work more than in recent years. And while this is typically a marker of a healthy economy, meaning folks have things lined up to do, that's not necessarily the case right now. Folks are realizing the power and the agency they have in choosing the place they want to work and the position that work holds in their lives. I'm not sure what this means. Some of you are very skilled economists and I'm sure have more educated opinions than I do on this. But I cannot help but wonder if we are on the cusp of something. I remember a member recently told me whose son is stepping away from a career to enter back into school. She said, Kendra, I hope he doesn't feel that his whole worth is tied to his work. I was really touched by that, that our whole worth is not tied to our work. Again and again, God provides space for Sabbath. From the garden in Eden to that promised land of milk and honey, to Jesus' example today on a boat, on a lake, God is continually inviting us into Sabbath, that we too can get a break. So what lies is the monster of more telling you about who you should be as an employee or parent or partner, sibling or friend? How are you feeling God's invitation to take a break, to right order your life, and maybe instead of clenching tight, letting go, free falling into the love and grace that our faith gives? It can be scary. Many of us are not used to letting go. But maybe instead of free falling, we will feel our souls take flight. I pray that it may be so for me and that it may be so for each and every one of you. Amen.